0: to First Kings uh, chapter three, uh, starting in verse 15. If um, can someone let us know what page that is on the Bibles there that are kind of in the, our church Bibles, um, that would be great. First uh, Kings is in the, the old Old Testament. three, five, five. Uh, chapter three. There we go. All right. So keep your finger there. We'll be coming back there here in a couple minutes. Um, So, yeah, so uh, Pastor Dan let us kind of start us on a new series that we're doing on Sunday mornings um, called Chronological Prayer, and uh, where we're going to be looking at six individuals within the Old Testament and see, kind of get a little bit of a glimpse into their prayer lives um, or in, a, a moment within their prayer lives as they have these conversations with God. And, and so Dan led us with Abraham. So we start out looking at Abraham, incredible story, um, and just a man of incredible faith um, that God literally said, like, like take your family. And leave this land to a land that I'm going to show you. And, and as we know, he becomes the father of the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, and uh, and just an incredible story of a man who who really did trust <laughs> trusted God um, in some um, unbelievable ways. And you know, but I, I, as we talk about prayer, there are so many ways, right, to pray or that is have a conversation with God, as Dan reminded us that it's right. It's made possible. Because Jesus has made a way for us back in relationship with him, right? For all who have repented of our sins, who believe in Jesus, right? Our our prayer is always important to him. He hears our prayers. he, He hears us. He listens to us. He wants to talk with us and have us talk to him. In this series, we're going to examine, right, like I said, six different prayer or conversation accounts with God in Scripture, As we observe the style of each prayer, we will specifically focus on the chronological moment in the life of of the prayer we are observing, which this morning will be uh, Solomon. In doing so, our hope is to be refreshed in a variety of ways prayers can be voiced and honored by God. I love this Says our ultimate calling of prayer is to have our lives bathed in prayer, a consistent conversation with God before, during, and after his movement as he as he like works in us and through us towards others, right? In our lives and in our hearts and in the hearts and lives of other people. So this series aims to look at prayer in different ways to some more traditional sermon series on prayers, wanting to add something unique to the conversation of prayer. We will look, like I said, experiences that people in the Old Testament at different stages of a movement of God. As God was moving and working through the nation of Israel, through his people, as he works and moves through us, right? He was doing some really cool stuff. And but when we speak of a movement of God, we are talking about seeing or experiencing God in work as we actively pray, right? As we pray, as we pray for the people in front of us, as we pray for situations, um, as we prayed for Roy this morning, right? We want it. We want to be people that intercede, that pray on the behalf of others, and lift people up, and. Because we know that our lives ultimately affect those around us. If we don't have our regular conversation with God, then we're going to struggle to see an experience of Him at work and the movement He is doing in our lives and in the lives of others. And so really, it is uh, looking at King Solomon uh, this morning. But we want to look at a timeline of prayer, and this is kind of again, before a movement starts, as God promises to do something, we look at the life of Abraham. And Solomon. Next week, we'll start with David during during a movement. How how was David and, and, and Hezekiah's prayers? What were they like? What did they consist of? What were they talking to God about during as a movement was happening? And then we're gonna look about after the movement. So Hannah, Jonah, looking back at their experiences. How do these people converse with God in these seasons of their lives? So hopefully by the end of this week, um, That six things we will see. Dan mentioned these last week. I want to mention them again. First, we'll have a greater understanding of the Old Testament. Right? We're going to have a greater understanding of the Old Testament. Um, My gosh, I hope you just, this will just ignite something in you to just want to keep reading through the Old Testament because, again, our story is part of the Old Testament story. Like, for us Gentiles, right, we've been engrafted into the nation of Israel. Like, this is our story. It's it's, it's incredible that we get to be a part of it and see it, to know that God is still working through history and working through us. A framework for the types of prayers some Old Testament people are praying for. We also want to have an understanding that prayer is not just what is happening in the middle of a storm. That's happening all around us. It's happening during the good times and the bad times, the struggles the joys the excitement the grief right that that prayer is just something that we are soaking our lives in that we are trusting that god will ultimately fulfill his promises in our lives through his people in this world that god is at work in us even in seemingly unanswered prayer how many people have just like god you, you i don't i don't i don't think you're answering my prayer right now I don't feel like I'm being hurt. I feel like you're, you're ignoring me. I, now, I know that's not true. In hindsight, twenty twenty. So I look back and I see, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. All right, I see what you're doing. This, Lord, help me be patient. And then lastly, that we would grow in having daily conversations with God. So this week, we're going to look at Solomon. Um, specifically, that is his anointing um, and placement as a king over Israel, Um basically the son of David, David being the second king of Israel. Um, Solomon becomes king. And again, this is found in 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 1 through 15, with the supporting verses. Um, so you can go to 2 Chronicles chapter 1, which we're not going to actually touch on this morning, but that's another place where we see this story. And so, so yeah, I, again, I want to just um, have, I've asked Brother Tim to come on up, and he's going to share a read out of 1 Corinthians 3 through 1 through 15. So you Thanks, yeah, 1 Kings
1: 3 uh, 1 to 15. Solomon asks for wisdom. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married his daughter. He brought her to the city of David until he finished building his place, palace at the temple of the Lord and the wall all around Jerusalem. The people, however, were still sacrificing at the high places because a, t- a temple had not yet been built for the name of the Lord. Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given him by his father, David, except that he offered sacrifices and burnt incense to the high places. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place, and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God asked for whatever You want to give, um, sorry. And God said, ask for whatever you want me to give to you. Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God says to him, since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you wise and a discerning heart, so that there will be never have been anyone like you, nor that there will be ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honour so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke and he realised it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem, stood before the ark of the Lord's covenant and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then he gave a feast for all his court.
0: Uh, Let me me pray, Um, just as, again, we we get into God's word. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. um, Father, we come to your word in humility. Uh, We come to your word in awe, in wonder. Um, We come to your word just realizing that these are your words that you have given to us so that we may know you. Um, that we may know how to live in a way that glor- glorifies you, that honors you, that praises you, that worships you. And so, Father, I pray that your word would just um, have an impact in our lives this morning. Lord, it says that your word is like a, a double-edged sword, that it cuts to the very bone and marrow of who we are. It, it, it just exposes so much in us, but it's also, it's also an encouragement. It gives life, it gives understanding, it provides a light unto our path, and it just brings so much to us. And so, Father, as we spend time in your word this morning, as we look at your word, again, that you would do something. It says your word does not return void, but it does something in our lives, it makes an impact. And I pray that as we leave this morning from this place, that we don't leave your word behind but that we take it with us, that we continue to open it, read it, study it, just soak in it, let it just, you know, speak to us, um, Lord Jesus. So thank you for your word. Um, again, may we honor you this morning by the reading of it and the studying of it. In your son's precious name. Amen. Amen. So again, thank you, Tim. Um, yeah, really a great passage. And, and what I want to do, um, if I can Loving this clicker here, and uh, there we go. Are you helping me back there, or is that? Oh, thank you, mate. So good. Uh, Really kind of a focusing question and kind of the big idea that I want us to look at this morning, this question of, okay, what are you asking for, what are you asking God for right now that you don't already possess? So maybe you want to take a screenshot of this or write this down, Um, but again, because this is something I would love you guys to take away with, and I'm taking away, like, what, are, what am I asking? What are you asking God for right now that you don't already possess? There, there's gotta be something that either you don't possess or or you're just like, man, I would love to have that, okay? Um, and then the big idea is prayer is a place for making requests to a generous God. Guys, we have a God who's so generous, so big, just wants to lavish his goodness, his kindness upon his people, right? And so again, um, prayer is a place for, Again, not all prayer. There's different types of prayer, different kinds of prayer. There's prayer of supplication. There's prayer of intercession, right? There's prayer of just sometimes we're flat on our faces because we just are in awe of God's goodness and wonder and power. But sometimes it's okay, right, to make those requests to him. And so can you click it for me? Okay. Okay. So let's go ahead and before I, I kind of get in more to the story, what do we know about Solomon? So we know these things, that he was a second-born son of King David and Bathsheba. The first, their firstborn, as we know, if we look at that story, um, was taken from them, did, did not live. And, and so there was a grieving, right, with, with this couple, especially with mom, but God gave them a second son, Solomon, that he's the third king of Israel who reigned for 40 years that he built the first temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. That's a big deal, right? I mean, God, these were temporary kind of temples, and as they traveled, right, as a nation, and he gets to be the first one. I thought it was going to be his dad, and and it didn't, and he was given the charge to be able to build this temple. That's, 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 That's huge. We see that he wrote several books of the Bible, including Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, the Song of Songs. And also, as we read, he was the wisest and wealthiest man who ever lived. That's pretty impressive, I think. <laughs> so we know those things about him. Go ahead and click it for me, sir. <laughs> and so I, I, before this, though, I want to tell a story. I want to get more into this story uh, before we kind of learn three things from it. And so when we look uh, back here at First Kings chapter 3, what I want to look at first before is, is his anointing as king, right? His anointing as king. So if you look at chapter 1, um, you, you, actually the first verse of chapter 1 of 1 Kings says this. It says, when da- King David was old and well-advanced in years. Someday they're going to say that about me. Someday. Far off. I was old and well-advanced in years. I like that. Right? We're seeing that King David is coming to the end of his life, and he knows this. And so we see in verse 30 of chapter one, where it says, and, he, and he's talking to his wife, Bathsheba, Solomon's mom, and says, "I will surely carry out today what I swore to you by the Lord. The God of Israel, Solomon, your son, shall be king after me, and I will sit and, and he will sit on my throne in my place." Right, so again, he's doing something pretty significant here, isn't he? He's placing his son as the next ruler of God's people, of the king of Israel. We see in verse 39 of chapter 1, says this, Zadok the priest took the horn of oil from the sacred tent, and he anointed Solomon. Then they sounded the trumpet, and all the people shouted, Long live King Solomon. Right, so David has anointed, like, Right? He's put his son in this place. You shall be king. The priest anoints him as king, and then the people recognize him as king. Right, This is all falling into place for him. Look at chapter two, verse one. And I read this, and I said, you know, I, I've gotta, we've got to read this together because I think this is significant to how Solomon responds to God when God asks him the big question, what do you want? Like, what can I do for you? So in verse one, it says, when the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon, his son. I'm about to go the way of all the earth, he says. So be strong, show yourself a man and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in his ways and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and his requirements as written in the law of Moses so that you may, be, you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go, that the Lord may keep his promise to me, if your descendants watch how they live, as they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and their soul, you will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. What a great, what a great thing to pass on to your son. What a great thing as maybe one of your final words that you say to your boy right, to the next king of Israel is these instructions, right, to be strong, to observe what the Lord your God requires, right, to walk in his ways and keep his decrees and his commands. And so basically David's saying, son, if you do these things that that I've tried my best to do, yeah, we know that David wasn't perfect. We know that David had his flaws. We know that David sinned. We also know that David acquired the title of a man after God's own heart. You see, and that's what God is wanting. He goes, I want your heart. So he's saying, David, give your heart, or Solomon, give your heart to God. Because I gave it to God, you give it to God, right? Again, I think this is gonna be significant in his thinking as he um, responds to the that God has given him. And at the end of chapter 2, it says this, a kingdom was now firmly established in Solomon's hands. Okay, It's firmly established. It's happening. There's no turning back, (laughs) right? In regards to his father, in regards to the people, the nation, and God himself, he is firmly established in his hands. And so I believe that we can learn uh, three things from this story. Um, Go ahead in the first one there, buddy, is this one. I love it. Solomon recognized the Lord's kindness and faithfulness to his father, ultimately to the people of God. I really, really like this. Um, And I I underline the word recognized, right? Because it says that Solomon answered in verse 6, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on the throne this very day, right? So Solomon recognizes what God has done and I think he's recognized what God is gonna continue to do. Another word that we can use for recognize is acknowledge. (laughs) That he acknowledged it. There are two common definitions for the word acknowledged in the dictionary. One is to accept or admit the existence or truth of something. Right, So he accepts, he admits the existence of the truth of God's kindness, of who God is and what God has done for his dad and is going to do for him. And then number two, definition for admit is this recognize the importance or quality of. He sees how important this is, the quality of this, the, the extent of what he is being called, asked in a position to do for God, for the nation of Israel, for God's people. So let's look at a few other passages in Scripture that, that talk about God's kindness and faithfulness. Um, and and, and yes, yeah, so we've got a couple here. Deuteronomy 7.9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is good. <laughs> right? It says he's a faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations, that's a lot, of those who love him and keep his commandments. Okay, I, you can't get away from the last part of that passage, by the way, right? Who love him and keep his commandments, right? Jesus, John chapter fifteen says, "What if you love me, you'll keep my commandments," right? So there is that, but but again, he's a faithful God, keeping his love covenant of love to generations to come. Psalm thirty six seven, how precious is your loving kindness, O God? I love that term, precious. How special, how precious. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. All right, this picture of, of just being under the wings, the, the safety, the protection, the, the caring for us. Again, therefore, children of men put their trust under the shadow of our wings. Have you put your trust underneath the shadow of his wings? Have you let him cover you with his strong and mighty wings? And then... This one, though, this is probably one of my favorites, Titus chapter 3, because, again, this is where we see the gospel message. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, says he saved us. Through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through who? <laughs> through Jesus Christ, our Savior that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. For me, that's that ultimate act of kindness is what Jesus did on the cross. His kindness, his faithfulness towards us, right? Was that opportunity for us then to receive by faith? what he has done for us on the cross so that we then now what? Become heirs according to the hope of eternal life engrafted into the nation of Israel. Right now, part of the bigger story. Fantastic. And then one verse I didn't put up on here, um, Galatians five twenty two twenty three, 23, which is the fruits of the spirit. Right, so it's not just what the faithfulness, the kindness that God has done to us, but now it's what we do with it, right? But the fruit of the spirit, so is what? Love. Joy, peace, patience. I got to work on that one. Kindness. kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things, there is no law. So, so because of God's kindness to me, I need to show kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness in these things. Those are fruits of what God has done in my life. And I get to do that. I get to be those things. I get to practice those things. I get to apply those things in my life and to the life of others. So this begs two questions for me, if you want to go to that one, uh, is this. Where have you or we, right, seen God's faithfulness and kindness in the past? Where have you seen God's faithfulness and kindness in the past? Look back. Take a moment, maybe not necessarily right now, but today or this week, and sit down and, and go, God, where, yeah, I I I've seen you. I I I can remember this story and this and this and this, and I know that you have worked. I know you've been faithful when I've been unfaithful. You've been faithful when I've been unkind. You've been kind when I've been I've been patient. You've been patient. You get where I'm going with it, right? But where have we seen His faithfulness? And guys, I can just come up with so many stories. I can sit up here for hours and tell you stories of where God has been kind and faithful to me in the last 53 years of my life. Yes, that's how old I am. And then number two, and by recognizing what God has done, how do these memories influence or speak into your future or our future? How do we let being reminded? Again, that's why God said they should make monuments to me. Make these monuments so then you can look back on them. Like, you can tell your children about how God showed up, how he worked, what he did in this situation. And, but then you can also use that to propel you forward to say, okay, now how can, I, how can these memories of being reminded of God's faithfulness and goodness, how does that influence or speak into my future? Where do I want to continue to see God be faithful and kind and gentle, and right? So, yeah, I love those too. If you haven't, take a picture of them. Spend some time this week in your devotional time, in your closet time with Him, just going over what these, what the answers to these are. And hopefully, you'll be encouraged. Maybe you'll be challenged, but you'll be encouraged and blessed. Um, so, let's look at the second thing we can learn from this story. Number two is Solomon humbled himself before the Lord. He humbled himself. Let me read it now, Lord, my God, you have made me your servant, king in the place of my father David, but I'm only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. <laughs> okay, he's not saying he walks around with toddler clothing on, or right. What he's saying is that that he goes, he goes. I'm understanding the, the the bigness of the task in front of me. God, I need your help. God, I I don't know what to do. God, this is too big of a task for me. I am but a little child. I am but unlearned. Right? It's this idea of this this act of humility that that Solomon has before God, not to go, oh, I got this. God, I'm good. Thanks. I'll get back to you if I need some help. Right? How many times do we have that kind of attitude in our lives, that self-righteous going, hey, I got it. God, I'm good. Then we find out we're not good. Right? And we have people that around us to remind us how not good we are. Right? And then we fall on our faces, and then all of a sudden, now we're in that position that we should have been in in a healthy way of going like Solomon saying, God, I, I don't under, I don't know what to do. Right? He goes, right, your servant is there, is here among the people. You have chosen a great people, too numerous to count or number. So Give your servant a discerning heart, a heart of wisdom to govern your people, right? And to distinguish between right and wrong for who is able to govern this great people of yours. What wisdom in this young man. And again, hopefully he saw it in his father and he learned this kind of an attitude, right? But he's saying, man, this is huge. What a big task in front of me. God, I, I need your wisdom, I need your help. Can you relate? I know I can. I know there's sometimes that God places things in front of me and I don't feel qualified or worthy. Do them. But God's worthy and He will quit me. The third and last thing we learn is this if you can go there, buddy. The Lord was pleased with Solomon's request. Again, I underlined the word pleased because I just, I love that. It says he was pleased. He, again, just think about what that looks like when someone, like the facial expression, when someone is pleased with you. Like what does their face look like? What is their, like the, the, their body, right? The, 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 what does that look like when they're pleased with you? There's this smile, right? There's, there's this joy. And it says in verse 10, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but with discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart. Take, take, take a second to think about, like imagine, if you will, that God has said this to you. Whatever you want. Elijah, whatever you want, I will give to you. Not me, God, but <laughs> Joseph, right? George, I mean, right? whatever you want. He shows up in a dream, right? Tonight you have a dream and God says, Grant, whatever you want, I will give to you. Ask and I will give it to you. That's, that's a massive question. That's a massive question, and I would hope that your response, George, your response, my response would come from a heart that wants to please God, right, that it isn't about what I want, because I want many things, right, whether it's comfort or it's just, You know, I I don't know. I mean, there's so many things that we can say. These are things, physical, tangible things that we want. And I'm not necessarily saying that we shouldn't ask sometimes for tangible, physical things. Maybe it's a home. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a a, a restoration of a a, a broken relationship. It's not saying that those things aren't special. I mean, God cares about those. But man, he he just nails it, doesn't he? Because he says, give me wisdom. I want to govern this nation well. God is pleased with that answer, right? And as you look, as you continue to read through the Old Testament with the nation of Israel, I'm so glad that he answered that way, right? And then we see again that God says, not only am I going to give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will be there will never be any have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you've not asked for. Wealth, honor, these things. And then he says, verse 14, which is David, his father David reminded him in that previous t- verse we looked at. Sorry, that's my alarm clock. Um, says, If you walk in obedience to me, you keep my decrees and commands as your David your father did, I will give you a long life. Wow, God just keeps heaping it on him, doesn't he? If if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees. Gosh, so much to think about. And not enough time. But I want to share three application points with you. And if you can go there, there we go. Um, First of all, allow God to bless us abundantly by making requests to him. Allow God to bless us abundantly by making requests to him. Number two, understand that God gives us gifts to use to expand his kingdom on earth. Ah, I love that. God gives us gifts, right, to use to expand his kingdom on earth. Whatever those gifts may be, use those gifts to expand his kingdom. Use those gifts to bless other people. Use those gifts to share the gospel. Use those gifts to love others. Use those gifts. Number three, bestow the gifts God has given to us on others for God's glory in their lives as well. Right? Right? And take what God has given you. Pray, right, that God would give you something that you don't possess to be able to be a blessing to others and to expand, because that's really all that matters, right? Whether it's, yeah, it's just all that matters. Um, again, going back to the first point, Solomon recognized or acknowledged the Lord's kindness and faithfulness to his father and ultimately to the people of God. Again, he knew that by being the king of Israel, his decisions and what he would do would affect a nation. Number two. Um, sorry. Is this um, Solomon humbled Again, himself before the Lord. Father, humble us. Humble me. Um, Maybe recognize who you are and that I need your help. I don't know what to do. So Lord Jesus, come and speak in me and through me. And the last one is, Lord, was pleased. And I can't help but say that word and not have a smile on my face. Right? The Lord was pleased with Solomon's request. The Lord be pleased with the request that I bring before you, not for my gain, but for the gain of others, not for my own glory, or my own advancement, or my own importance, because I'm really not that important, but Jesus, for you to work in me and through me.